I think it was a Deloitte study that looked at what marketing managers are looking at doing um, within 2023, 2024, and some of the biggest trends. And the biggest trends included things like the metaverse, believe it or not, 48% of businesses claim they're gonna be in the metaverse in the next year. AI, yeah. And then the third one was personalization. So personalization is up there along with the metaverse and AI in terms of a trend that you know businesses are looking at exploring. A business has to make sure that they are following all the rules of privacy protection. And then when you get a message of accepting cookies, that that business is doing something right. Okay. And they're not going to use your data badly and you know you can choose to accept or not. And accordingly, the software will pass the data to the website and the pixel. Welcome again to yet another episode of Digital Dialogues. I'm Namita Ramani, your digital marketing expert. And with me is my co-host, our content marketing expert, Reem Adhoni. Hello. I'm super excited today because we're talking about something I really enjoy, which is the power of personalization. In fact, you have had this experience from back in the days when digital was not a big thing. So I'm genuinely a big believer that personalization makes a huge difference. I think if you really think about even gifts you receive or how you interact with people, it always feels a bit nicer when you receive something personal, you see, re receive something handwritten, something with your name on it. Um, but when you come and think from a business perspective, so one of my first jobs was actually managing a video store. So back in the day, you know, remember video stores, rental stores, people, for those who may not know, for the younger people out there, once upon a time, we used to physically go to a video store, look through all the movies we liked, take a VHS tape, and you'd have to bring it back the next day and you'd be responsible for rewinding it. That was an important part of the process. Um, but, you know, when you work in a store like that, you see the same customers day in, day out. Um, and you want to make the experience as personal as possible. And I remember it being a very manual process. Like we used to literally look at, you know, the movie rentals people made, like what their the genre of interest was, the frequency they came in. And often like based on that data would decide like, oh, let's give this customer a phone call and let them know that this movie is about to get released this weekend. Um, it, it was a lot of work. You know, it was a lot of, it was a manual process, sifting, looking at records, making phone calls. It made a difference, which is why we did it. But um, thankfully, we don't need to do all that manual work anymore because we have Netflix. We have Netflix, yeah. But on a serious note, I mean, if you look at and a, a lot of what happens with Netflix or what happens with Apple TV or with any of them is that there's, there's an AI component, there's a machine learning component, component where they're obviously learning our habits and our trends. And actually, just to bring that, you know, um, my flatmate and I thankfully have two different logins to our Netflix because if I happen to log in on hers, automatically, just by looking at the menu of movies, she watches a lot of Korean and a lot of, you know, and suddenly I'm like in this Korean library, which clearly is not mine. Um, but it goes to show it's a very customized, personalized experience based on, you know, the habits that the machine has learned. Um, so we're, we actually see it everywhere in our day-to-day -day life, although we may not notice it. Yeah, true. So I think that, yes, there's an AI component, but there's a very strong digital marketing component. So tell me more about how brands can now utilize the digital marketing tools to really personalize and customize experiences out there for their customers. I think personalization has become a big problem, right? Because everybody's imposing these GDRFA laws and uh, kind of... Um, because the data privacy has become a big issue because of extreme personalization. We use uh, cookies and pixels to track data, to track your activity. 
So when I say cookie is a cookie is a piece of code that your website gives it to your puts it in your browser and thus gives you a personalized experience. So for example, if you go to Pinterest and you know automatically you're already logged into Pinterest. So that's a that's a way of cookie automatically logging you in and it has your data already in the browser or your login information. Should I be worried though because like the number of times that I get asked, you open a site and it actually says accept cookies. Should am I okay accepting cookies everywhere because I've realized if I don't accept the cookie, I'm not opening the site. So what what is, you know, should we be concerned when these these messages pop up? In fact, those are good messages because these are trusted softwares or apps wherein uh, a business has to uh, what do you say? A business has to make sure that they are following all the rules of privacy protection. And when when you get a message of accepting cookies, that's that business is doing something right. Okay. And they're not going to use your data badly. And you know you can choose to accept or not. And accordingly, the software will pass the data to the website and the pixel. Oh, so you so control the data you send to the. Website. So does this mean if I choose not to accept a cookie? All that means is that information isn't being sent back Correct. to that website. Correct. It's a more safer way to interact with. But that means my the likelihood of the ease of use for me reduces. Correct. You don't see ads, relevant ads, based on the content you're consuming. Okay. So this is, again, where the personalization comes when it comes to digital marketing. I can right? honestly say, I think this is the first time I've understood a cookie. So, so I mean, I sit there and I just accept cookies the whole time because I'm just thinking, if I don't accept the cookie... I'm not going to see the page. Because sometimes it does limit what you can see and what you can't see. I've seen like features change based on whether you accept everything or not. So I've just got into a habit of like, okay, I'm accepting, I'm accepting. But now I've kind of what I've understood is that by clicking accept, I'm basically telling the website I'm okay sharing my habits, sharing my data so that they can customize the experience a bit more. Yes. And because they're using the right apps, they're not going to abuse the data or keep any irrelevant or non-important information with you. And it's all going through the app, the trusted apps. So how is that different from a pixel? So pixel is a third party uh, code, which is usually by the ad platform. So pixels are with Facebook Meta Pixel, for example. So Pixel usually gets downloaded when you download a landing page or you open a website. So Pixel downloads with that within your website. So for example, you are consuming some content on a new site and you see an ad. You click on the ad, you happen to come on the website, you complete the purchase. So Pixel sends this information to the platform that, okay, this person saw this ad on this page and then it came on the website and picked up this shoe and this is the value of the shoe. So it sends all, it sends all this data to the platform, thus giving more learning to the machine on what kind of ads are converting. Thus, the platform will spend more money on showing that ad to more people. This is very simple. I'm trying to be as simple as I can. Okay. But ultimately, that's still in the interest of the business to collect the data to understand how they should be marketing more Or which kind of ads are working more, which are getting more responses and much more. What is the value of the transaction? Okay. But I'm right in also saying that because of pixels, a customer is more likely to see a more personalized kind of version of a website, or they'll see ads that are more relevant to so their personal more relevant interests. to advertising. So cookies relevant to personalization. Okay. So coming back to the pixel. So therefore, you know, if I happen to have clicked on a website before or shown interest in a product before, it's the pixel that will ensure that that ad keeps following me around everywhere I go. Yeah, it's a combination. They're not kind of very different, but they still work together in many different ways. It's all tech tech at the back. So this does all sound like a lot of tech. It's not a world I'm a big fan of. 
But I am a big fan of personalization because I do think, I, I read a study earlier this year, I think it was a Deloitte study that looked at what marketing managers are looking at doing um, within 2023, 2024, and some of the biggest trends. And the biggest trends included things like the metaverse, believe it or not, 48% of businesses claim they're going to be in the metaverse in the next year. AI, yeah. And then the third one was personalization. So personalization is up there along with the metaverse and AI in terms of a trend that, you know, businesses are looking at exploring. Um, and I also read that apparently 90% profitability increases um, when you personalize content. Wow. So it's pretty high. So what else do we need to keep in mind now? Are things changing? I know I keep hearing things about a cookie-less future. You know, how can you still have that level of tracking with the technology changing? So in the cookie-less future, the platforms are going to use more focus on the content the user is consuming. And based on the content they're consuming, they're going to run ads versus tracking the user's behavior otherwise and showing ads no matter what. Okay. So for example, um, right now, if you have had searched, say you want to pick a shoe and you've been Googling about the shoe and you happen you happen to read a website on a news site on some article on finance or some marketing article and suddenly you see the shoe ad. So that's because of the cookies and stuff. But eventually, if you're reading a marketing article, you would be shown ads related to the marketing content. Is what, it's based on it's the content maybe you're heading towards. Yeah, like contextual marketing. Okay. That is something... Um, Apart from that, like you, you know, when we started the conversation, we spoke about how different platforms like Netflix, Apple TV, any way are personalizing content using AI and machine learning. So, I would like to you, I would like to ask you how um, we can use personalization in content market, content marketing. Yeah. So, content marketing for me, I think there are so many opportunities to do this, and and the reason I think this is important is if everything that you know, if everything Amit has just shared about the world of digital tracking, cookies, pixels, sounds a little complicated or maybe is a little outside of your sphere, you can still do personalization through your content. And what do I mean by that? I mean creating specific content that is going to be directly speaking to your audience. So it could mean anything from, you know, how many times have you gone and met a client and then you've left and then days, weeks, months have gone by and, and it's gone quiet, right? Why not send them a personalized video? Why not just pick up your phone? We're in an era where everyone's phones have great cameras. Pick up your phone and literally just sort of, hey, Namita, it was great to meet you. I'd love to touch base. I'd love to catch up and see what happened with that proposal. And I think just sending a video gives a very different feeling to that prospect. Um, so I think that's one opportunity. Second, how many times have you written a proposal? I mean, I'm in the world where I get RFPs a lot. And RFPs are these complicated documents where you have to like explain everything you hope to do in a project. And then you send them by email and hope to God that they get understood and they get received and explained the way that you anticipated. Why not create a video? Why not personalize that and say, hey, Namita, I'd really want to explain to you what I'm presenting to you in this RFP in my, in, you know, in my proposal and talk them through it. Talk them through page by page. Imagine, imagine the possible conversion and how that's going to increase when your customer is being talked through the document by you as opposed to just receiving a random email in your inbox. I think it's amazing because right now I keep waiting for a Zoom call or a meeting in person to go through the quotation. Yeah. I never tried the video. Yeah. In fact, uh, the West uses this personalization a lot, by the way. 
So I am very part. I'm part of uh, various networks and uh, mentoring and coaching groups. And uh, one of my mentor, Brian Kurtz, I decided to join the group. So I actually got a personalized video message welcoming me to the group. And I went and checked the app which they use, which is some monkey. I, I can't remember. I'll look for the app and I'll mention in the show notes below. And you can actually use the app to record a message within your computer yeah. and clip it with your email, with your WhatsApp. It makes a small file and it's very shareable. So the West is already using personalization on a, in a big way, but this is a great idea. I'm actually going to give it a try. But it doesn't end there. I genuinely believe you can look at every single touch point in your customer journey and turn it into a video. Maybe in a follow-up as well. That follow-up every single time you meet someone. Do that summary, summary catch-up video. Great to meet with you. Just to summarize what we discussed, we discussed one, two, three. I'm going to make sure I get to four, five, six, and let's see how we can move this forward. Please send meetings, min minutes of the meeting. How many people do you know sit and read? Like on a serious note, if someone sends me like minutes, am I going to sit and read all of this? Versus if they send me a video and it's personal, now I'm like sitting there going, oh, this person's made some effort. I'm going to pay attention. Um, I would say not just that, not just the follow-ups. Even, you know, aid greetings. I am so sick to death. I appreciate them. I appreciate everyone who sends me a lovely designed company, happy aid greeting. But you know, you're part of a weird broadcast list where it's been sent to the planet and there's nothing personal about that at all, right? I know it takes a bit of extra effort, but sending a video message where you go, hey, Namita, I want to wish you a very happy Eid. Hey, Namita, I want to wish you a very happy Diwali. Look forward to celebrating with you in the weeks and months to come. That is entirely different to getting like this cookie cutter designed, you know, image that every everyone's getting. I actually don't send any greeting emails or messages to anyone because I really genuinely feel there's nothing personal about it. I appreciate the people who send them to me, but as an experience, I don't think it's a personal experience. There's an interesting thing we can try in email marketing. I'm going to give this a try. To my database. Yeah. Send a personalized uh, New Year message maybe this year or Christmas greetings. Yes. Yeah. So Christmas greetings, New Year greetings, but even go as far. I mean, we had an iftar last year and, I, and to be honest, I didn't do many. I just knew we were inviting different groups of people. So I did different personalized messages for the groups of people. Mention the, the companies or the, com the group. The companies or the group or let's say if it's an organization or if they're suppliers. So I had like one message that went to our suppliers and a different video that went to our customers and a different one that went to some of our guests like from the TV world, a different one. So they were very slightly altered and I just recorded them back to back, you know, and but for the person receiving them, you know, it's like, wow, they felt like I'd gone to such a huge effort to make it feel personal for them. But Reem, you have a video company. You have the gadgets and the assets that you need to record a video. No, anyone who follows me knows I do a lot on my phone. So yes, I believe you're right. I do have those tools and resources. And that definitely makes a difference when you're, you know, producing content on a professional level. But I think everything we're discussing right now can be done on a mobile phone that anybody can do. You know, and it and that's a different challenge. It's like people overcoming that hurdle and that fear and realizing that, you know, it's personal, it's authentic. It doesn't matter if it's well produced or polished. It's about that personal touch and that message that you're sharing. Nowadays, phones honestly can give you a strong quality image. And again, think about the use of these videos. We're not projecting them on large screens. They don't need to be like 4K resolution. We're simply saying send a personal message, make it a personalized experience for your customers, for your suppliers, for your team, whoever it is you're interacting with, 
what are those milestones? What are those points throughout your customer journey that can just, you know, that little addition can make a really big difference. Do you remember the personalized messages used to get by letters? Back in the days, we used to send these um, letters and I remember getting those notes. So we still do that for a few customers, actually. And I've seen that whenever we've done that, that also is a huge win. Like that is a really huge win because, you know, that's tangible. That's something you hold. And I think, you know, you know, we actually courier, like when we have an experience, when we have an event, we courier um, a box with a handwritten note. And I think that's something that, you know, people get very excited about. Yeah. But they get very excited about because not many people are doing that anymore. But you know what you do by doing that? You create a loyal fan. Totally. Totally. The customer is not going to anyone except you. Yeah. So, you know, you just do something like that. Everyone's super eager to take photos and snap away and share it. And that message just keeps on spreading. I'm a very big believer in just making things as personal as possible when you're working with people. I think that's an amazing idea. In fact, I'm going to open up the room to the listeners. If they can share in the uh, show, in the, uh, the comments below what kind of personalized experience they have done for their customers or their friends or family, we would love to hear from you. So what different things you are trying for personalizing an ex uh, message experience? Do you know who's an absolute expert? She's someone in the branding space in Dubai. Uh, do you know Lucy Bradley? Mm -hmm. Lucy Bradley, her branding agency plug. Um, honestly, I've known her for over 10 years and she's constantly hand, you know, hand delivering, hand making, invites, letters, very creative content. You know, I think one year I got like literally... Um, you know, a, a, a calendar, a handmade calendar that was personalized. And yes, effort is there, the effort, but there is, it makes such a big difference when you receive that package and you, you see it, a tangible item. Um, it goes a long way. And that's what I actually remember her for now. I remember her more. I'm more likely to work with her or refer her because I've seen her creativity in action through her personalization. And that experience created a memory. So yeah. that's kind of, uh, every time a branding word comes up, she's going to come in your mind and you're going to recommend yeah. and that's how referrals work. So you move from video to personalized handwritten messaging. But you know, I, for those of you, which I, you know, for those of you who are thinking this sounds like a lot of effort, the world of AI is now allowing personalization to be so much easier. I'm not a full fan of, you know, the quality of some of the content that comes out of, you know, some of the AI software. But just to give you an example, like I've seen, I've seen some video softwares, which, you know, they learn how to replicate your voice so that, you know, if I'm going to, if I need to churn out a hundred videos that, you know, welcome a customer to my program, you know, it's, it's, you know, by literally feeding it the names, you know, it will replace the name in my voice. Right. So effectively, I'm only actually filming that video once and then the software is replacing the name and that's allowing it to be more personalized and has that that feeling. Or similarly, you could go a bit further and not just the name, but the name and the industry um, or maybe the color scheme or just making things feel like they really are catered to that individual. What I find even more interesting is so we mentioned that 90 percent of marketers believe that personalization leads to increased profitability. But I think it's as high as 69% of customers that are now, you know, it has an impact on them. When they receive it, they're, they're feeling that whole warm and fuzzy feeling to an extent that 80% are more likely to buy. So 80% are more likely to buy from you if the experience is personalized. So every 10 proposal I send uh, with a video message, I can expect no. 
You never know. It's it, But I think it's about all the personalization. I know we've discussed before kind of email marketing, the impact of putting someone's name in the subject, right? Yeah. So, and I think... That's not going to go missed ever, your name. Yeah. So the minute you see your name, oh, this is for me. It's not generic anymore. So I think it's really looking at all of the opportunities to make an experience feel personal. Um, I mean, we do something in our office where we put someone's name on the door when they arrive. Yeah, I've seen that. Every time I walk into the door for the shoot, I see my name outside and welcome Digital Dialogue. But you'd be so surprised the number of people who just, you know, feel really touched when they... Touched. Yeah, I did. They see their name, like, oh my God, they were expecting me. And then they take a photo and they post it. And that's like the moment, you know. So it's not it's not what happens inside the office, you know. It's not that. It's it's literally the door which they're taking photos of. And that, I I must agree. I've actually video recorded it, and I can't wait to share it on Instagram. Look, I'm going for the shoot. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So I think in summary, whether you're going the digital marketing road, whether it's the content marketing road, or even it's neither, whether you just go back to basics and look at traditional methods, personalization is here to stay. Not just here to stay. It could be the game changer to build relationships with your customers, your your suppliers, your network, and really see big results. I think with technology taking over everything, a little personalization will go a long way, build that bond and trust to do business with. Because at the end of the day, we do business with people, not with machines. I totally agree. And I think that's an awesome note to end on. So at the end of the day, we do business with people not machines. So if you've learned something new on this episode, we'd love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe below and we look forward to seeing you soon. Until the next Digital Dialogue.